My name is Celeste Johnson, and this is Reditations, a podcast where I talk about something I've read and then offer you a guided meditation based on the text. Today, I'm looking at Cat's Cradle and how we choose which stories to believe. This is our last episode about Cat's Cradle, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it. So get comfy and let's reditate. In the last episode, I talked about the different ways we each create the stories of our lives. Some folks live by stories that foster connection and compassion, and some folks live by stories that create isolation and division. But how do we know which stories will serve us well and which are harmful? How do we decide what to believe? This is a question that we all spend our whole lives answering, and I don't believe there's one right answer. But I do think there are commonalities between all the stories that help us as humans. So how do we know which stories are helpful? How do we spot their commonalities? It's tempting to answer that we should believe stories that are true. That's the simplest answer. But I think the truth of a story is actually a moot point. Whether we like it or not, we believe stories based on how they make us feel, not because they're true. At the beginning of Cat's Cradle, Bokanon writes, quote, Live by the FOMA, or harmless untruths, that make you brave and kind and healthy and happy. Does that advice make you uncomfortable? It definitely made me squirm a little at first. But whether we like it or not, Bokanon's right. We all live by untruths, consciously or unconsciously. Often both. The question becomes, should we resist this or lean into it? We can try to avoid relying on untruths, but we'll never be able to dodge them completely. We're human. We're much more likely to buy into a story when it makes us feel invested and included, regardless of whether it's true. Just look at any fiction book for evidence. We know those stories aren't factual, but we willingly suspend our disbelief and use them to inform how we see the world. We find guiding stories in other places, too. Religion, personal experience, media, gossip, authority figures. Regardless of whether we can call these stories true, we believe them because of how they make us feel. None of us is immune to this. Even our main character, John, falls victim to it, and he is a professional storyteller whose job it is to look for the truth. At the beginning of the book, John is interested in telling true stories. But as the book goes on, we start to question his objectivity. He uses Bokanonism to justify foolish behavior and clings to it to make sense of the consequences. However, even when we see him blatantly ignoring what's true, we as readers keep listening to what he says. Why? Why do we listen when we know his viewpoints all refer back to made-up nonsense? Why pay attention to him when we know he doesn't really care if a story is true? Why spend any time at all reading what John writes when really, John doesn't even exist except as a fictional character? In fact, why are you listening to me right now when you know that I don't need a story to be true to buy into it? It's because truth is not what makes us pay attention to a story. We often don't even have the power to evaluate whether something is true or not. So at least some of the time, we have to get comfortable with these untruths that Bokanon talks about. Without using truth as our rubric, though, how are we supposed to decide whether to believe a story? For me, the answer lies in Bokanon's words. He doesn't tell us to live by any untruth. He tells us to examine them. Because even though we can't always judge the truth of a story, we can judge the way it affects us. 
In other words, we have to look at the output along with the input to judge a story's value. This episode is a great example of that. It's only by looking at the impact a story creates along with the story itself that we're able to spend this time dissecting a quote from Bokanon, a king of falsities, and still find value in it. Speaking of Bokanon, how does he suggest a story should impact us? He says it should be a harmless untruth that makes us brave and kind and healthy and happy. But this turns out to be really hard to interpret. H. Lowe Crosby, our cartoonish American peasant and bicycle mogul, might take it to mean that anything that makes him happy goes. But I'm sure that Horlick Minton, the multilingual ambassador, would have a different perspective. Like most any story, the way we interpret it makes all the difference. Let's return to Crosby for a minute. He chooses his untruths based solely on what makes him happy, with no regard for the rest of Bokanon's advice. In chapter 43, we read that he, quote, was of the opinion that dictatorships were often very good things. The major point at which his reason and his sense of humor left him was when he approached the question of what people were really supposed to do with their time on Earth. He believed firmly that they were meant to build bicycles for him. Crosby is an enthusiastic supporter of the death penalty via the device called the hook for any legal infraction whatsoever. It's obvious that he has no misgivings about harming others or infringing on their ability to live in ways that make them brave, kind, healthy, and happy. His only concern is for himself and for his own story, which he believes to be separate from and superior to everyone else's. On the other hand, Horlick Minton has spent his life working to understand other people's stories. It's his talent for understanding and empathy that makes him a good ambassador, and it's this talent that allows him to believe stories with more than himself in mind. Minton chooses beliefs that, although they may not make him happier in the moment, have the potential to make him and the people around him braver, kinder, healthier, and happier in the long run. For example, he and his wife dared to acknowledge that, quote, Americans are not loved wherever they go, whatever they do. That Americans, in being hated, were simply paying the normal penalty for being people, and that they were foolish to think that they should somehow be exempted from that penalty. Minton is different from Crosby because he chooses to live by beliefs that do not place him and his own beliefs on a pedestal. He chooses to live by stories that also honor the stories of others as much as he can. Unlike Crosby, Minton doesn't buy into stories of isolation, division, and difference. I think that approach is what Bokanon advocates for when he remarks that we are all, quote, so many people in the same device. So how do we decide which stories to believe? How do we truly live by the harmless untruths that make us brave and kind and healthy and happy? I think Bokanon's on the right track, but for me, this quote lacks a few key points. First, it's hard to tell if a belief is harmless or not, but I do think we can ask ourselves honestly whether we live by stories that we know are causing harm, either to ourselves or others. And unfortunately for me and for many of us with a little digging, the answer is yes. I know I've fallen into the traps of stories that have caused me personal harm, stories that have put me down or affected me negatively. Some examples include cultural beauty standards, perfectionism, 
the idea that I'm not good enough to achieve what I want to achieve. And we all fall for these things in one form or another. I invite you to take a moment and ask yourself what kinds of harmful stories you've internalized about yourself. This is a tough question sometimes, but it's worth asking. We also have to ask ourselves what stories we believe that harm others. How do we know when we're living by beliefs that hurt our fellow beings? The reality is that systemic injustices make it very difficult or impossible to do no harm. But even though the systems we live in are unjust, and you or I alone cannot change that, we can start by being conscious of it. We can ask what effects our actions and beliefs have on others, and we can make decisions with those effects in mind. We can choose to live by the story that does the least harm, while we work to change the systems of oppression that force us to make this choice in the first place. That means we need to believe stories of injustice. We need to believe stories of hardship that's not our own. And we need to let go of any beliefs that keep us from being brave and kind enough to hear these stories, even when it's hard. The second issue I find with Bokanon's words is that they don't specify a time frame. This makes it really easy to think about immediate benefits and gratification while forgetting about long-term effects. A little more long-term consideration could have saved a lot of sorrow in Cat's Cradle, and it can save us a lot of sorrow in our own world. We can only be truly brave and kind and healthy and happy if we do it in a sustainable way. With these few adjustments to Bokanon's words, we're left with a sentence that looks a little different. Now his advice has transformed into this. Live by the most harmless stories that make you and others brave and kind and healthy and happy in the long term. It's a little wordy, but it's something I can get behind. Are these words you can get behind too, or is something else missing? What would you add? As you ponder these questions, let's meditate. Take a deep breath in with me and hold that life force within you for a moment. Feel it working in your lungs and in your veins. And now breathe out. As you inhale again, remember that these molecules you breathe in have already passed through billions of years and trillions of lives. And now, for a moment, they're passing through yours. Exhale with me. Breathe in one more time. Center yourself in your body and feel where you are in this moment as you exhale. On your next inhale, say these words to yourself in your head or aloud. The stories I believe affect me. Breathe out and feel how that feels in your body as you say it to yourself. As you breathe in again, hear that same sentence one more time. The stories I believe affect me. Breathe out. On your next inhale, imagine a time in your life when you felt brave. Let that feeling permeate your body. 
Let your mind wander to the time when you felt brave. What did it sound like? What did you say? How did you stand? What did you feel like? Exhale. And on your next inhale, imagine a time when you felt kind. Imagine what that felt like in your body, what you said, what you did, where you were, what it looked like. Let yourself paint the picture of that moment and feel it enveloping you. Exhale and release. On your next inhale, imagine feeling robust health. Maybe this is a moment you've already experienced or maybe it's something that you paint a picture of in your mind. Either way, I want you to really get into that story. What would it feel like in your body? What does it feel like in your mind? What is your environment like? Who's with you? Where are you? Exhale and release. On your next breath, bring to mind a time when you felt deeply happy. Imagine the feelings running through your body. Imagine the thoughts that you might have had in that moment. Imagine the people around you, if they were there. Or imagine where you were. Imagine what you saw, what you did, the sounds you heard. Paint the picture and live in it for a moment. Welcome whatever stories come to you as you imagine these moments. Maybe they come to you easily And maybe they take a while, or they're resisting coming to you right now. For now, just listen to what does come, whatever it is. If you're angry, or hurting, or sad, or feeling other feelings, there is, of course, always space for that, and it is valid. Take a second to say hello to those feelings, if you're feeling them right now. On your next breath in, say in your head or out loud, the stories I believe affect others. Exhale and release. When you inhale, say it again. The stories I believe affect others. Now I invite you to imagine a time when you helped someone else feel brave. 
Imagine what it felt like in your body. Imagine that moment and that person. Imagine what you did and what they did. Paint this picture and let it wrap you up for this moment. Exhale and release. Now imagine a time when you helped someone else feel kind. What did it feel like in your body? What did you do? What did they do? What did you say to each other? How did they look when you looked into their eyes? Where were you? Create that story and let yourself just be in it. Feel those feelings. Exhale. And on your next inhale, imagine a time when you helped nurture someone else's health. Imagine where you were, what you were doing, what they looked like as you were nurturing them, what you did as you reached out to them. Imagine how that felt for both of you, that connection between you reaching out to another person. Paint that whole picture and take it in as you breathe. And finally, imagine a time when you helped someone else feel happy. Let yourself feel the joy of that moment in your body right now. What did it feel like? What did it look like? What did it sound like? What did you say if you said anything? Wrap yourself up in those feelings and just be there for a moment. Listen to these stories and welcome them all. When you imagine these moments, you tap into empathy and possibility. You give yourself the chance to live by stories that honor yourself and others. And you remind yourself what that feels like at its core. Again, take a deep breath, the deepest breath you've taken all day, and feel how your body feels. Feel your weight sinking into your chair. Feel your feet sinking into the floor. You are safe. Now imagine yourself a week from now. What are you doing that makes you feel brave, kind, healthy, and happy? Envision it. Envision how it feels in your body. Envision what you're doing. See yourself going through these motions. 
and there are no right answers. Take your time. Maybe you know right away. Maybe it's not as clear. Whatever comes to you, just welcome it. And breathe. Now imagine yourself a month from now. What are you doing that makes you brave, kind, healthy, and happy? Listen to the stories that come. And remember that you do not have to change anything right now. Right now, just allow yourself to imagine. That is enough. Breathe in again and imagine yourself a year from now. What are you doing that makes you brave, kind, healthy, and happy? See yourself doing it. Listen to the stories that come to you. Feel those feelings coursing through your body as you imagine this. And be gentle with yourself. Hear the answers that come to you, but don't judge them. Hear them and let them pass. Wherever your mind takes you. That's the right place. By being curious, you are doing what most of the characters in Cat's Cradle do not. You are asking yourself the questions you need to ask to create your story consciously. What might have happened if the characters in the book had asked themselves just some of the questions we've asked today? Would the characters have chosen to believe and enact the same stories? Would their history have been different? Think about the step you've taken in asking yourself these questions today. Think about how it can change your story. And together... Breathe in with me. As you breathe out, let your mind loosen its grip. Feel it soften into uncertainty. It is okay to be uncertain. Breathe in again. Breathe out through any discomfort or tension. And release whatever's clinging on. One last time, breathe in with me and breathe in curiosity. This curiosity is our best tool for finding stories that serve us and our fellow humans. As you breathe out, feel its power. Thank you so much for joining me in the first season of Reditations to explore the power of stories through the book Cat's Cradle. You can visit the website at reditationspodcast.com where you'll find every episode. As always, I really appreciate it when you subscribe. You can also show your support on Patreon at the link below. And if you have time to give this show a review, I really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. Until next time, happy reading and thank you. Thank you.